The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Bernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, the great, the talented, the beautiful, the hardest working person in horse racing, Michelle Yu. Thanks, Billy. You're welcome, Michelle. Um, Michelle, uh, first of all, before we get into it, uh, we have a great guest today. We are bringing on Tom, oh, yeah, we do. Tom Ryan, who is the uh, portfolio manager for SF Bloodstock. Uh, I've known Tom for a while now. Great, great guy. And you don't know, the beauty of it is you don't really know anything about him. And we're going to find out a lot about him. Wait, can I just tell you something, Billy, that I love? Yeah. I love that I will, like, literally pull people's names out of my ass, right? I'm like, oh, let's try to get, you know, like, Gary Barber and stuff. like. And then Billy's just like, okay, got him. Like, <laughs> the, the outreach that you have is excellent. You know, I appreciate that. And it's, it's, it's about, you know, we're going to hear Tom talk about it, but it's about networking and just – it's about, like, I think this sport, when you get to know people and you build little relationships, people understand – we're so small and we're all so mm-hmm. passionate. Like we just love the game. So like when we all went out to dinner last year at Breeders Cup and it was me and you and Brett Jones and his wife and like and Chapman or whoever else was with us, you know, we just talk horse racing. We talk like horses we loved and oh my God, I can't believe you bred that horse. That was my favorite horse when I was 17. You know, there's a history right. to our game that kind of brings us together. And also you find out, I believe there are two different types of people. There are rooters and there are haters. And you find those people Ah. out real quick, right? You find the people who actually are rooting for you and you find the people who may not like when you win. So um, uh, I think, and and I think the people on the show, for the most part, I think other than uh, uh, Al Gold, who hates everybody, um, he likes me. Did you hear you. he even mentioned me on like Steve Vick's radio no show? No way. That's awesome. Uh, but about when, he, when, when Cyberknife when Cyberknife won, he was talking about me. That's awesome. So anyway, how have your <laughs> first two weeks been at Del Mar? Terrible. Why terrible? That's not good. You've been working hard. Haven't you haven't won a race. I haven't won a race. Well, you know what that means. It's like we ran third in the ocean side, and it's been all downhill from there. Do you know what that means, though? that we're miserable and no, sad no that you're due oh i hope that i hope that's the case what about balenciaga betty tomorrow oh yeah balenciaga betty she's got if she i mean you know obviously we don't know if she handles the grass or not because nobody does are not allowed to work yeah. on the turf yeah um but she's her last couple of work she's really come around all right we got her in the first race. All right, we have a very uh, cool uh, guest. Obviously, we already talked about it. Tom Ryan's coming up. Michelle has had a miserable start to the season. Uh, I am... How about you? You had a good start. 
We've I had was a, there with you with for Comanche Country. Yeah, we've had a really, we've had a good start. Uh, I would say good, not great, not terrible, but it's good. Obviously, Balnikov's win in the Oceanside was amazing, and Comanche Country. We we were really high on this filly, and she just ran an awesome race to win last weekend. Uh, so proud of her and, and just the job by Phil D'Amato, who's off to a flying start here at Del Mar. And to all our partners, we have a very small group of partners in that horse. And um, mm. it was really satisfying to see everybody. Everybody was there. It was such a nice celebration. And uh, that's a filly, even though she's she, what, small but mighty, uh, um, she's got a bright future. So congrats to all the LRF partners who are in on Comanche country. Um, Michelle, let's I get, will say yeah. this so Billy, you know, you and I did a, a podcast with Pete, like previewing the card or whatever. Yeah. I think I beat you in that for sure. For sure. I had the right D'Amato. Yeah, for sure. I, don't, I had Coltard. Yeah, you did. I had took our horse who ran a good third that day. Yes, he can. Um, it was, uh, yeah, that was a that was a good thing. I was terrible on Beach Bass this week. You just spread, spread, spread. I'm going to have to maybe take your technique I this week. I told you guys, though, like, I said, you know I'm going to win this now because you know Country Grammar's hitting the board, and that's where I cashed yep. was Country Grammar yep. hitting the board. That was good. That was good. Let's get to uh, yeah. three things to note because I want to get to the interview with Tom Ryan. Okay, yeah, so uh, I just want to mention that this week's show is brought to you by the Breeders' Cup, and you can turn in this weekend for two Breeders' Cup Challenge Series win and you're in races. It is the Whitney Stakes from Saratoga, which is an excellent matchup. It's a compact field, but, I mean, this is really going to make a change in the Longines rankings. The winner will receive an automatic berth into the $6 million Longines Breeders' Cup Classic on November 5th, and then on Saturday is the Clement Hirsch from Del Mar with the winner receiving an automatic entry into the $2 million Long Jeans Breeders' Cup Distaff on November 5th. Entry fees are uh, paid by the Breeders' Cup as well as a $10,000 travel allowance and a nominator award. Um, and the fields have been drawn for both of those races, although PPs are not yet out. I got for, PPs. What uh, do you want? The Clement Hirsch. Oh, not for you the got Clement PPs? Hirsch. No, I don't, no, no, no. It's just overnight, right? Yeah, not for the Clement Hirsch, but for the Whitney. The yeah. Whitney is going to be quite a race, Michelle. Yeah, the Whitney is awesome. The Whitney has Hot Rod Charlie, Olympiad, and uh, Life is what's good. his name? Life is good. Uh, Life is good. American, there. So and American Revolution. Great race. It's a great race. And then race. the Clement Hirsch has Soussay, Lisette, Desert Dawn, Private Mission, She Dares the Devil, Samurai Charm, and Blue Stripe. Good field. So, ooh, good field. Um, and, looking at our three things. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No. Okay, so bad. go back. Go, go into our three things of note. Here's the thing. I feel like it is jam-packed with stakes races, you know, coast to coast. I kind of just want to ask you what your favorite stakes race finish was or a big takeaway from the weekend for racing instead of going over every winner. Okay. Um, the first thing that popped to mind was American Theorem uh, for uh, for George Papa Padromo winning the grade one Bing Crosby. Uh, kind of got a nice setup but still ran a, a remarkable race at a nice price if you're gambling. And it was good for George. Um, been around for a long, long time. Uh, obviously was involved with the whole Richie Baltus thing. And I think that was a, a, a real nice um, achievement, payoff, everything, because he was really, really patient with that horse who always had a world mm -hmm. of talent, but uh, never quite broke through until his last race where he won the grade two triple bend. Was it the triple bend? And um, no, the Bing Crosby. I mean, no, oh, no, 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 the, the one before. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think and then the, and then wins, wins the Bing Crosby. I thought that was a pretty cool story. 
How about that? All right. And that was uh, American Theorem owned by uh, Kretz Racing, right? Yes. Kretz Racing, who's been a and long time And also owner. that was Papa Padromo's first grade one. Well, there you go. That's why I said it. Congratulations to him. Um, so the <clears throat> second thing of note is that Kentucky Downs is going to raise stakes, three, three separate stakes, purses to a million dollars if a Kentucky bred grade one winner competes. Wow. So those like are uh, the the ladies down the Kentucky Downs ladies turf, the Franklin Simpson stakes and the mint ladies sprint. I like that. Okay. I like, that. Yep. I like those kind of incentives. If, I a, do too. if a grade one winner gets there, then yeah, you get a bigger purse. Great. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, and then quickly, my third thing of note is that Phasic Tipton is obviously having their big Saratoga sale coming up on the 8th and 9th of this month. We talked about it on a couple different occasions. They have released a smartphone app in, uh, you know, in getting ready for this sale. It's available on both iPhone and Android. And I think it's pretty cool. If you look, you can make your shortlists on your phone. You can view the sales catalogs with the upcoming sales, deadlines, results, yada, yada, yada. But I think the key is that you can look at the pedigrees, the photos, and the videos, which can all be accessed from the app. And then you can take notes on the page. Oh, nice. Go technology. So, I mean, it's really nice to have things that are mobile friendly. I don't know I don't know about you, but like a lot of times when I'm looking up horses, I'm like looking at the full website, you know, they don't have an app. Yeah. So you're like constantly scrolling and it's really hard to watch the videos because it's like it's like they play the next video instead of the one you're wanting, all this stuff. So um, really cool to be able to do, debut that ahead of the Saratoga sale. And I think that, you know, Keeneland needs to get on the, the ball right behind him to have something similar. Let's go. I like it. And I'm excited to be at the sale, Michelle. I'm, I, I'm a little. Well, let's talk. You know what? Let's get to Tom Ryan, and then we'll 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 conclude with my trip to Saratoga that I'm a little nervous about. How's that? All right, perfect. All right, be right back. The owners' box also brought to you in part by Adelphi Racing, a racing club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing, camaraderie, and being a part of something bigger than themselves—a true community. Adelphi partners enjoy a truly interactive ownership experience with direct one-on-one -on -one access to all members of the team and they do have a couple of limited remaining shares available in some two-year-old prospects including a new york bred colt by laubin named gem mint 10 who is in ray handel's barn as well as a taproot colt named magistrate who is currently in training at kinsman farm and will be shipping up to christophe clement join the club you can log on to adelphi racing.com a-d-e-l-p-h-i racing.com or email Matt, Matt at Adolfo. All right, welcome All back. Right. And uh, as promised, we have a very, very special guest today. I, Michelle, I feel like I say that every week, though. That well, we have... that's because we have a lot of great guests. We really I mean, do. I mean, this show is amazing. To be frank. Yeah. It is. Well, this week, we the, have the... cumulative the... body work of the show is insane. We have It's like port... me circa, like, 21. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> we have the portfolio manager, how about that, of SF Bloodstock, Tom Ryan, joining us all the way from Saratoga. Tommy, thank you for coming on the show. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. How, how are both of you today? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining. I just ate a burrito from Lourdes, and I'm stuffed. I'm so full that I had to eat. Yeah. I have to drink. I, I just drank a cup of coffee. <laughs> like so, you can go poop. Yeah, 
I don't want to talk about that. Let's not talk about that on the show. Uh, now I'm gonna have to cut that no, out. No, I'm not. Uh, not. All right, Tom. But you're, you, you, before we we have so much to catch up on, so many great horses that you've been involved with. But before we do that, take us back in time and tell us how you first got involved in horse racing and in horse racing ownership and specifically as a portfolio manager. Yeah. Look, I I, uh, I grew up in Ireland. I was born and raised in Ireland on a sheep and cattle farm very rural part of Ireland where, uh, you know, there's, there's no traffic lights, let's put it that way. And um, I learned at a pretty early age that sheep farming was not for me. I had a, my godfather, was a man called Eugene Ryan, and Eugene was one of these guys, who, you know, he drove the nice car and he, everything seemed to be going at 100 miles an hour always. And I was always infatuated with what he was doing. And he actually raced a horse in 1974 to win uh, a grade one in Royal Ascot. And I'm like, you know, I, I heard these stories when I was young and there was something, there was a very big distraction from being a sheep farmer and being this guy that floated on, on air, you know, and I really aspired to uh, getting out of the sheep business as quickly as I could, is the truth of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I really... All I can think about is you. Wait, all I can think about is you with like a big shear, like you know, take doing the hair thing, you know. No, hey, let let me let me tell you, this gets really deep. My father is an All Ireland champion sheep shearer. I mean, I am such a well-bred sheep guy; it's unbelievable. I am I am the best-bred sheep farmer you've ever met. I nothing to do with horses. It's funny how it's all, all evolved. <laughs> all right, so what was the first but, uh, step? When you, yeah. what, what was the first step? I'll tell you the first step. The first step was, one, look, my godfather was a horse guy, and he, he was a really he was a cool dude. But I, I, I tell the story, and it sounds a little bit kind of BS, but I, I remember watching Farlap, the movie, when I was a young kid, oh and God. I remember one being so... Movies so gripped by this movie you know it was the whole rags to riches story and everything that went with it and it really got my attention to be honest with you you know like we only had two channels on the tv so you know this this thing was on a couple of times and 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 it really 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 got my attention and i got i got further into it you know when you're interested in something you make it your business to be part of it and i really went out of my way to insert myself in the industry and it was a very difficult thing to do in ireland because again as i said i was bred to be a sheep farmer and you know there was limitations in Ireland as to what you could be really. Um, it was it was it was a click. It was a part of it. It was an industry that I I really didn't have. You had to fight your way into it. And um, I I went to the Irish National Stud and I did that. And I went and I worked for Willie Mullins at the time. Willie was a you know he was just retiring as a jockey and becoming a trainer. And Willie has become one of the all-time great national hunt trainers. And um, you know it all just evolved and. When I was 19, I uh, I bought myself a plane ticket and uh, went to Australia and never went home. So that's, that's uh, just on that's, a just on a whim, or did you have something lined up in Australia? Well, I, on a, on a bit of a whim, I I actually went to the Irish National Stud and I started dating an Irish girl and she was going home. So I figured, if, well. <laughs> <laughs> I better go to Australia. <laughs> so it wasn't quite on a whim. Not quite. Not you had quite. good reasons. Yeah. All right. So you're 19. At the end of the tunnel, you're 19. But, you're chasing yeah. a girl. You're in Australia. What happened? Yeah. Give us the scoop. Give yeah. us the uh, the scoop of how you ended up where you are now. I mean, how does that? How does it happen? Yeah. 
I don't know. It happens by doubling down. Everything you do, you do you you try twice as hard. You know, you just it's all about work. People often ask me like, how do you? It's all about work. I really think everything is about consistency and working, working harder and being willing to put in the hours. And, you know, nine to five doesn't work in the horse business. It never no. has. Nobody's ever been successful being nine to five in the horse business. But Australia was an amazing opportunity for me because what Australia is, is a country that if you're willing, they will, they, they'll give you your head. They'll let you go. They'll, they'll allow you to, to um, do as much as, as you know, there's no limits really. So, I, I got on great down there. By the time I was 20, I was running a small farm. And then I wanted to step up from there. And I moved up to the Hunter Valley. And I started working for Widden Stud. Widden Stud is 130 kilometers away from the closest town. So, wow. you know, I, and I learned that quite quickly when we figured out that the milk was powdered. That's the only way you could have milk in your <laughs> tea, amazing. you know. So um, I had my own little garden in the back. I grew my potatoes. I worked with Italians. Uh, I, you know, I really had a great time and got on great there. And I learned a lot about life and a lot about growing up and about independence. They sent me up to Japan and I worked for Shadai Farm in Japan. I worked with Sunda Silence and all those great horses wow. up there. And it was really a great, it was a really great experience, you know, because you think you see volume in, of, of quality in Australia, but then you go to Japan and all of a sudden, you're gone from a farm at like Widden that stands 10 stallions to a farm like Shadai that at that time stood, it was north of 30. It might have been 35 stallions. Wow. And we worked from 6 in the morning to 12 at night every day. And once a week, you get up and you, you do the morning feed and you had to start the morning feed at 3 a.m. So wow. that's the way it was done. And it was a, it was, it was, it was an epic adventure, really, you know. And like you're seeing northern dancer mares coming in to be bred to Sunday Silence, you know, like that's 20 plus years ago. But that's what, that's what I got to collide with, you know. And it was really an, an excellent um, part of the trip, really. And I went back to Australia. I came, I left Australia then and came to America in about 1999. And um, I did, I did a season at Coolmore for Ashford. Again, excellent. Worked with Stormbird, El Grand Seigneur, wow. all of those cool old horses. You know, that, 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 that really, they're kind of legends in their own, in their own right, you know. Right. They and mean, they, they mean they, something. They, yeah, they do. They do, you know. They're, they're the horses that people remember, right? Yep. And, um, yeah, that was a, that was a, a, again, part of the deal of coming to Coolmore in America was that I would go back down and work on their farm in Australia. And I did. And I came back up in 2000 and I worked at Coolmore in America again. And I was working with a stallion at the time called Woodman. And mm-hmm. Woodman was a great stallion. You know, he was a fabulous stallion in his own right. And at the time he was at the height of his power. He, he had Hansel and all of those horses after just happening for him. And interestingly, it's a very long story, but I'll shorten it deliberately. He bit my right thumb off, oh. so um, that kind of curtailed my my, my horsemanship, uh, uh, my ambitions to be this great horseman uh, into and a baseball a role player. Of a, uh, and a Wait, baseball do you not have player, a thumb now? Like, did it? Will, did it? Did he eat it? Like, is it gone? Yeah, you know, he pulled it off and they put it back on. It was actually an amazing, oh. an amazing deal. A guy, a guy that had done a hand transplant. A month earlier, happened to be in Kentucky at the time. Coolmore, an amazing outfit. I mean, if anything ever happens to anybody on that farm, they do their utmost to give them the best possible care and attention. And it, look, it was a seven, eight-hour surgery, but they put my wow. thumb back on, and I'm left, I'm left with a scar and the nickname of Tom Tom. So you know, it's, uh, 
<laughs> These are the stories that the owner's box brings. Tom Ryan, thank you very much, for Tom Thumb. We appreciate it. Okay. All right. So let's take it from there. So now you're cool more. Now, fast forward a little bit because the people who really know you. You know, whether obviously what's going on with with these partnerships and with SF Bloodstock. But how did that how did you become in uh, uh, start working with SF and, and making this giant conglomerate? So, look, it, it really did one door close as it did when I stopped handling horses. The, the next door opened. I went to work for Pete Bradley. And that was after spending a, about a year working with Demi O'Byrne and Coolmore. When Demi would come into town to see the Danzigs and the Mr. Prospectors and all of those kind of horses at the time, I would take them. I was effectively a glorified chauffeur. But being that chauffeur got me to be around him. And Demi was such a brilliant judge of a horse. Yep. It, it really it really left, left a real mark on me, you know. And it gave me the confidence. And Demi gave me the confidence to, to to go and work with an agent. I went and worked with Pete Bradley. I learned a lot with Pete. You know, Pete's a, Pete Pete is a really hard working guy. Like I mean that that's Pete's metal. You yeah. know, he just he doesn't stop. And he, Pete Pete's also a brilliant um he he's very he's very careful in how deals are structured, deals are documented. And that was something I had no comprehension of. Sure. And that really let, helped me understand that part of the business. And then in about 2006, I opened my own company. You know, it's not that, you know, we, I, I kind of got to a point where I was hitting the ceiling and I, you know, I wanted to stick my chest out and do more. And I opened my own little business that was called Cherokee Equine at the time. I did that for a couple of years. The world turned on its ass. In 2008, I'm left owning a bunch of horses and owing a pile of money to the banks. And I'm wondering how the, how's this all going to end? But, you know, again, it was a matter of digging deep and, and working hard. But somewhere in the midst of all of that, I was contacted, you know, was a friend of a friend of a friend. I met this gentleman called Gavin Murphy. And, and Gavin has been incredibly instrumental in my career from there on. From 2008 till today, I, I mean, I've just I've worked effectively for and with Gavin and the SF team. And we've built a team around Gavin, and it's myself in the Northern Hemisphere with Michelle and Moore and Caroline Wilson and Henry Field in Australia with, with with his team at Newgate Farm. And it's really been a remarkable opportunity, and it's a remarkable ride. You know, I, I feel like I was ready for the, the opportunity, and, and thankfully I've, uh, I've been able to stay the course. You know, we, we, we in Australia developed the syndication model we, you know the syndication model is well developed in australia to begin with sure but down there we we we, we compiled capital about seven or eight years ago to buy colts effectively and in the first crop that we bought we bought a colt called capital he won the golden slipper we syndicated him based on 25 million he currently stands today at 100 wow. thousand. you know he's been a, he's, he's been an incredible success story sure and we effectively have continued continue to run that program in australia Henry has built that farm into, you know, a top five farm in the world. It's, it's, it's a really, that, that in itself is an amazing story. And then we adopted that program and brought it into America. We had been partners with Winstar and various other people over the years in, in, in America. We were partners in Justify and partners in lots of wonderful horses, Super Saver. We had won two Kentucky Derbies with Winstar. And we decided that we, we wanted to expand and 
effectively go it alone. And, you know, part of that strategy was to work with Bob and Donato and their team. And we, we, we went after it. We syndicated it. We went to the sale. And who knows how it happened. I don't believe in luck, and I, but I do believe the stars really did align for it so well in that first year. You know, we, we worked very hard to, to put together a, a great roster of Colts and effectively put them through a, a system where they, where they wintered with Eddie Woods. Eddie gave them their early foundation. Mike Marlowe then, he, he took them the next step, and then they go into Bob Baffert's system. And out of that first crop of Colts, we had three great one winners and one of them turned out to be authentic in the horse of the year. Unbelievable. So it's grown, it's, it's, it's I'm grown stop. from there. Hey, Tom, I want, I want to stop you really quick and go back to how did the U.S. Colt model compare to the syndication Colt model in Australia? Was it basically the same thing? And can you take us through... Just those early conversations with some of the key players. I know, for example, Madiket, uh, Saul Cuman was involved. Like, is that you calling? Are they calling you? How does that? What happens there? Well, that that was a little bit of a, a, a you know, Brad Weisberg has to get some credit for that. You know, Brad had developed a relationship with Saul. We had an ongoing relationship with Saul through Yashida and through Justify and those horses that Saul had had been involved in. But that was. You know, that's just, again, networking, right? Sure. This, this industry is all about network, networking, and you got to show up and meet people. And, and you know, fortunately, I, we had met Saul, and Saul understood what we were all about, and he was willing to invest and co-invest alongside us. And, and knowing that we were, we were not in we, – we were, we were his partner. We were not managing his money. We were managing our money alongside his. Sure. A lot of people say that, you know, hey, they, we want skin in the game. People tell, tell say that to me all the time. It's interesting. Tom Ryan joining us here on the Owner's Box. I'm so enthralled with these stories. I have like a, a, a zillion questions. Michelle, you have something you always want to jump in. Are you ready with something? Oh, I, 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 have, I have a list going, but I feel like it's further advanced than where we're at right now oh, just in, our, in Tom's story. You know what's funny, Tom, is that like we get to see you all the time, but like we never get to – hear about you right it's always just about what horses is right coming up yeah so uh, i really <laughs> enjoy just just getting to learn about tom right now so i have to go to my normal uh spiels tom you manage so many horses first of all can you tell us what your like day in day out role is as this portfolio manager obviously you're coast to coast and all over the world but can you tell us like what you physically do on a day-to-day -day basis um, and then I would like to know just from your standpoint, how, I don't want to say how don't much pressure about the accent, know, Michelle. Oh, my favorite. I love the Irish. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll start with that. Let's just start with that. What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, you know, if someone, yeah, someone look, wants uh, a job, what I'm, do they need to be looking forward to doing? Yeah, my days are relatively unstructured, you know, I, I kind of leave it that way. I kind of really believe in flexibility and kind of adjusting to, trying to identify opportunities rather than trying to you know being able to see opportunities you, you like it's, it's very hard to force things to happen right um so you know i work very closely with caroline wilson caroline is fabulous you know she came on the team a couple of years ago and really she doesn't get enough credit for the amount of grunt work that she, you know she's a, she's a great strategist too like she really helps me kind of navigate kind of you know whether we're 
doing amazing lists to mate all our mares or whether we're doing an entry list from where we're selling our foals, yearlings, two-year-olds, what we're doing, you know, because we're, we're, we're constantly moving horses and that's what it's all about. You know, you're, we're mm-hmm. constantly trade, trading in and trading out of positions. One of our biggest um, strategies is stallions and we, we invest aggressively in, in stallion shares on a global basis. So, you know, we're, we're always looking at data. We're always looking at, you know, we, we want to see various data points on different horses and it changes, as you know, every day. There's another race every day. There's another stake every greatest stake every Saturday to, to consider his constitution on the way up. Is he is he leveling off? We for what is worth we believe he's on the way up. You know, gun runner is easy, right? He's sure. five grade one winners in the first hundred hundred runners. Like those ones are easiest. It's you're trying to identify the ones that are just less 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 obvious and you know that that you can see it see the trends that could work into the future. You know, so we do a lot of that sort of work. So we read a lot, we listen a lot. We, you know, we try to, we're a little bit unshackled in the sense that we don't own a farm in America. So it kind of gives us an opportunity to work with a lot of different people. And I feel that there's an advantage in that in a a lot of ways, you know. They say strength in numbers. We talked about that. And in fact, you know, I've been in this game for a really long time. I started syndicating horses, Tom, back in 1991. And it it was not cool back then. We were looked down upon by many people in the industry yeah. you know oh if you don't if you're not rich and you don't own your own horses you're a loser that has all flipped and the the trend now is that everyone's just getting together is that good or bad for the game uh, it's good for the game and it's it's really what's going to drive the game into the future and it's, i i really believe the game needs to promote syndication into uh, you know it did like australia has done a great job they they really have They've worked it out, and it's it's kind of it's ingrained in the Australians. They're a kind of a gambling. They're born that way almost. You know, it's kind of part of their nature. But I mean, it's really becoming part of the American culture now too. If you look at the shares in MGM Grand today, they pop ten percent because everything is up. Everything is up. People people want action, mm-hmm. right? And we have a great product. We have a product. We have almost the only sporting product left that that you can invest in you know every other product nba nfl all of those sports they're franchised and they're billion plus dollar industry team the the horse business is a business that you can legitimately invest in i've said this a thousand times and i i I hate the the moniker the the sport of kings it's such a limiting such a learning right. thing, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be a king to play. No, that's, that's not right. You know, this really needs to be the people's sport. And we need to really turn it around and, and get people focused on the opportunities and the different entry points. You know, like people can be in my racehorse for dollars. People sure. can be in, other, you know, just there's, there's all levels from do, from a couple of hundred bucks to a couple of thousand bucks to a couple of million bucks. It depends on your risk tolerance and i do feel like the syndication it, the top end of every market is always going to be okay you know there's always going to be people capable of coming in and, and you know that want to own that top one or two percent of force that's fine where we need to concentrate is concentrate on there being a very good middle in the market we need more people that are capable of coming in and buying a yearling for 150 for 350 that sort of middle market and for you know, in, in that price range, you can syndicate a horse relatively easily. You know, there's a there's a lot of ways to chop up a horse for at 
200 grams. You know, you can you can put 20 guys together yep. or 10 guys together, and and and, and you mm-hmm. know, there's a level of tolerance right there. It, it's definitely doable. Um, and and I do believe that the gamblers are very important in the sport, but the gamblers need a product, right? So the product is is the horse, and the horse is developed out of a, a, a breeding program. And whether we like it or not, most breeding programs today are commercial breeding programs. They're breeding to sell. So we have to, the breeding programs have to be rewarded to want to breed more. So we, the, the demand has to be there for the yearling, for the breeder to breed more. It's just as simple as that, you know? So for for the breeders to breed into a market, they need the buyers to be willing to participate at all levels. Yeah. So yeah. The, to- the top of the market is, is generally fine. The middle of the market is very important. You know, the bottom end of the market, you, look, you almost, it takes care of itself, right? You know, yes. everyone, know, everyone knows that they're going to breed slow horses or they're going to breed horses that are less than commercial. That doesn't mean that they can't be good, but, you know, I think if you have a healthy middle, then everything else takes care of itself. Makes a lot of sense. Michelle, I know you have a very important question for Tom. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tom, I know you're in Saratoga right now, and you just spent a fantastic week in Del Mar where you were able to win with Newgate and Jackstown. Uh, can yeah. you tell me, first of all, which track you prefer better? And also, oh, yeah, the I want to hear this feeling winning at each track because I, I feel like it's different. Yeah, look. I, I, I appreciate the history of Saratoga, as everyone does, but I'm, I'm a Del Mar guy. That's what I'm Del talking Mar. about, Everything Tom. About it. Yeah, I love it. It's, it. it's a fabulous... You know, you go out there in the morning, you go almost see the sweater on, it's nice, there's no humidity. It's, it's just a, it's a beautiful environment for both horses and people. And they really have that track so nice this year. It's beautiful. It, it, it's... Delmar is the place to be. You know, you, you can go up and down that coast, most wonderful place to have breakfast or lunch or dinner. And, you know, we brought the kids out there for the week, and those two kids, yeah, they, they said, forget the Bahamas, we want Delmar. You know, <laughs> well, Tom, if you need someone to take the Bahamas, I'll let you, I'll let you know. My yeah, name. I'm in too. I'm in. What? Tell us, uh, Tom, I've, we've gone over time already, but tell us a little bit about your trip to Saratoga. What are the big horses running this weekend? And I, I have a feeling you're there for the sale as well. Yeah, look, we're, we're here primarily for the sale. There's no question we'll, we'll be admired and, and watched from the sidelines with Life is Good and, 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 and the team in the Whitney this weekend. We, we've bred a horse, a spice down horse. He drew the one hole in the Hall of Fame out of Rosalind. And he's, he's a nice colt. He's a speed horse. We, and, and as it happens, we're selling a filly out of Rosalind up here as well. Rosalind was a great one winner herself. And mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a war, war from filly that we're selling here. We're selling a spice down filly as well out of Life of Ten. And, you know, she wow. was a great one winning there. And yep. this is a big, beautiful, uh, beautiful filly. And the, the filly we have up here that's, that's extraordinarily beautiful is we have a filly up here out of a great two winner called Frolic Stream. She's a smoke darken mare. And this is a Catalina Cruiser filly. And if, if looks are anything to go by, this, this, she, she, could, she could be any kind. You know, she's just, she's beautiful and she was born beautiful. You know, those fillies that she's taking your eye from every stage. And she's, she weaned perfectly. She wintered perfectly. She came through the spring beautifully. And she's, she's come up here and we're excited to showcase her for, for Catalina Cruiser. Awesome. Michelle, one more question. 
Well, Tom, you, because you have your finger into so many pies, like you mentioned the stallions and the breeding, obviously we know thankfully uh, you didn't so say much thumb. from the racing. Thank, what? Thankfully you didn't say thumb in so many pies. Oh, I'm going to back up, back up. Tom, you have your thumb in so many pies. Um, do you have a favorite aspect of the game that you participate in? And do you find it challenging to be at the upper echelon of every aspect? Uh, you look, you're very kind to say that. It, it's um, my, favorite, my favorite aspect of the game is getting to know and bring new people into the game, getting people involved. Um, we've been very fortunate and made some great friends and created dynamic relationships over the years in Australia and, and in America. You know, participating with Bob and Donato has been really probably the most educational parts of my career. Uh, working with those guys to identify you know the stars of the future and fortunately we've, we've we've managed to we've managed to create some of them and with with you know if we you just hope that we can continue to do the same i think that's uh that's a great way to end we've taken way more time than than i oh, promised wait, 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 you what go ahead I just want, who's your favorite horse oh that's good that's my thought provoking uh, yeah I don't know. Look, authentic has to be considered what right, about? right at the very tip top of that. Um, you know, he's 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 probably my favorite horse that we like because we we bought him as a yearling. That was our baby, you know, and um, we that was my baby. Career, uh, you know, so I love that. And you know, probably in some ways it's interesting. We're, like we're invested. We, we've owned a, a majority position in Spice Town for ten years, and mm -hmm. he's just been a w wonderful investment for us. And he's been great to, he's brought, he's given us a lot of excitement, a lot to cheer for. But you look at a stallion like Lopa de Vega in Europe, we, we bought him as a four-year-old coming off the racetrack with Buddy Lynch Stud, and he's started 15 grade one winners to date. Um, so we've been very fortunate to be around some wonderful horses, and um, it's, 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 look, it's a fabulous position to be in. All right, give us, before we let you go, you've already had two wins on the meet, I think Newgate and Jackstown. Give us one more horse to look out for here at Del Mar, a two-year-old. <laughs> Who do I need to scratch when they show up on, my, <laughs> on the entry? <laughs> look, you know, you hate calling her, right? You know, we, one we, more. We're, we're running two this weekend. Oh, one more. Gandalfini. Gandolfini. Gandolfini. Uh, Gandolfini. Tom Ryan, yeah, you are good. you are a gem. I'm going to use the people's sport as a, and I'm going to quote you on that. I think it's a great quote. We appreciate your time. I will see you. You know I'm coming to Saratoga, bro. Oh, bring it on. Let's do it. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there Friday. I will be in a sport coat on Saturday and Sunday. I've been told no flip flops. I am going to sweat so much. I'm going to wear like three undershirts just to try to keep the sweat at a minimum. And we'll, we'll try to win a couple graded stakes over the weekend. And good. Well, hey, good luck to that. And uh, we'll see you up there. All right, guys. man. Tom Ryan joining Tom, us here on the Thank you so Box. much. We'll be right back after this. Bye. All right, we're back. I'm, I'm, I'm like in a sweat. Like, I don't, Tom Ryan, like, I mean, <laughs> I first of all. I talked about Shahama this week. I didn't even get to, like, I mean, I feel like there were so many horses we could have like talked about if, if our show was more horse based. I just wanted to like talk about horses, but yeah. 
it was I agree. cool to learn about Tom. Well, it's nice. You know, he's one of those guys that I think could be because of all the success and and how with the level he plays in. I know you brought that up. It, he could be intimidating, right? He's this tall guy. Right. He's got, you know, he's he's got so he's much quiet. experience. But he's quiet, mm-hmm. and I've gotten to know him recently, and he's just like a real normal guy. You know what I mean? He's not judgy. He's not uh, pompous. At least I don't feel like he is. And and I think he proved that today when he was during his talk. I love the 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 people's sport rather than the sport of kings. Maybe we should start using that. And I did love how he talked about du- constantly doubling down, constantly taking a risk, believing in yourself. And number one, working hard. I don't, you know, I call you the hardest working person in horse racing, but there are a lot of people that work really hard in this game. And it is, we tell, talk about it every week, it is not easy. I mean, as hard as you work and as hard as your husband works, and you haven't won a race in two weeks at Del Mar, like, and you're down. Like, I feel it. And, you know, it's, it's just, there's so much to be done. I feel like I'm constantly working there. I can't even, I have to write everything down or else it's before I go to bed or else it stays in my head and I can't sleep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, thank you, Tom, for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Michelle, I'm sure we have a lot of things coming up this week at Del Mar. And one thing, uh, is I won't be here. <laughs> I thought you were going to promo beach boss. No, uh, we do have the beach boss, which is great. You won last week. You kicked our butts. Me and Joyce with a big fat zero. I should have taken real shit. That was a long so stupid. way behind you, though. I know, but we, well, we'll do Beach Boss. I'm going to do it from Saratoga on Saturday, and you're going to be uh, here doing Beach Boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that on YouTube. It usually goes live at about 11 a.m. on Saturdays. It's a fun show, and I think uh, Tom Quigley is coming up this week, the, uh, the master nice. of the Santa Anita interviews. Uh, he will be on the other side now, which is interesting, but he's a Sharpie. They call him the Sharpie. So uh, Tom Tom Quigley coming up on Beach Boss this week. Michelle, I'm nervous about my trip. Why? I, because it, you're going. I'm going to a place where I've never really spent any time. I've spent two hours there in my life. We're running a grade one on, on Saturday. We're running in the test. Elm Drive, three of seven. Matarea drew the rail. Um, not that we have a shot against Monterea, but uh, it would be nice to uh, get a grade one placing if we can in this spot. Manny Franco rides for Michelle Nevin. Um, then we run in two graded stakes on Sunday. I got dinner planned Saturday. I'm going out with JK on Saturday to his, uh, oh, his, okay. his place, Salevo. And then Sunday night, I'm going out with your man, Brett Jones. We're having dinner after the races on <gasps> Sunday night. Yep. I'm and, so jealous. Yeah. And you then, guys take a Oh, each other one like course. with each other and send it to me of course and then monday and tuesday nights are the sale and i'm just like by then i think i'm gonna be exhausted right i will lose some weight though with all the sweat i think we talked a lot about sweat no, on won't. this show yeah, you won't. won't you're gonna go to salevo and you're gonna pig out and like the food on track is really good yeah and you have to go to mrs london's and have breakfast like you're gonna gain weight <laughs> okay all right well i'm gonna try not to what um, what is okay, coming up so, at delmar uh, also coming up at Del Mar, we obviously have racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, first post is at 2 o'clock every day except for Friday, where we do have toilet racing at 4. Friday is the real good deal stakes, which is like a crazy good oh, race. Oh, it's really like, good. Super good yep. race. 
Um, Saturday is the California Dream and as well as the Clement Hirsch. You already heard me talk about the field there. And we do have a charity handicapping uh, challenge. Yes. Isn't that your handicapping challenge? It is. It's for LRF Cares. It's for LRF Cares. I think we have about 70 spots less, maybe less by the time this goes on the air. Let's call it 50. But the beauty of this is buy in, by the way. it's 600, but 300 goes to this cha- to our charity. And the beauty of this, it's capped. So, you know, you're not going to have thousands and thousands of people in this contest. And we have huge prizes. We have seats at the BCBC and the, 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 the uh, NHC. Here, and you, yeah, quick. read it. So 60% of the prize pool is returned in cash and prizes. The first price gets a $10,000 BCBC entry. Second and third both get 2023 NHC entries. Fourth and fifth get Pacific Classic betting challenge entries. And sixth gets 1500 bucks in cash. Yeah, it, that's great prizes for a small contest. Knowing for $600 that buy-in. for 600 mm-hmm. and not only that, but it's going to a good cause. And that's the thing. Right. LRF Cares is such a good cause. We, you know, we started off several years ago, and and obviously we want to make sure that all of our horses have places to go when they're retired. But we also give to the PGJF, you know, jockey karaoke. We, you know, we make sure mm-hmm. that we kind of take care of a lot of different charities as well that are horse racing related. So great cause. Please mm-hmm. sign up. You can sign up on the Delmar website. It's right there for you. Get it done ASAP before we sell out. And uh, going on to the next day of the week, Sunday is Seniors Day. If you're 62 or above, you get free stretch run admission, racing program, and a seat when you just present your driver's license. And it is also the aforementioned Jockey Karaoke. So that is going to be at the Belly Up on Sunday. Um, Now, this is not a free event, but it is worth the money. It is $150 for VIP, which includes dinner, drink coupons, a meet and greet, and reserved seating. General admission is $75. And, of course, this is for a great cause. It is to benefit our permanently disabled jockeys. Um, So they had the East Coast one last week. It's time for the West Coast one. It's been a couple of years since we have been able to do this, and it is a load of fun. It's obviously a great cause, and 10 of 10 recommend. If you can't be in town to come to it, then certainly you should get online and donate, but you can get your tickets at Delmar, um, Delmar's website, dmtc.com forward slash contest, or forward slash calendar, excuse me, or you can go to the pdjf.org. Michelle, great job today. Special thanks to all of our sponsors. We have uh, TaylorMade and Gainesway and the Breeders' Cup and Delmar and Santa Anita and Adelphi and who am I missing? Uh, Betmakers. Betmakers. Love Betmakers. All of you, thank you for sponsoring the show. Thank you for all to all the listeners out there who really – the reason we do this is for you. That's the truth. Uh, we love getting great guests like Mr. I Tom Ryan. I you did it so you could spend more time with me. Well, that's obviously number one. I mean, there's, I, I didn't think people, ha- I had to be reminded that I love spending a, an hour with you every week just talking about fun shit uh, and the races. It's awesome. It is really awesome. So um, thanks to everybody. We'll try to do this again next week. Um, I'll be in, in Saratoga. Michelle will be here. We'll figure it out. We'll try to get a great guest, maybe someone who's at the sale. And, uh, and that's it. I think we're done. I'm going to call it a day. Perfect. All right. Later, everybody.